This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 247, Pixar Retrospective Part 2, The Features. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello. Welcome. This is Strangers and Aliens. This is a podcast, and you are listening to it right now. And you are listening to the voice of me. I'm Ben. And I'm here with two other voices. One voice is Evan. Hello. The other voice is Steve. Hi, Ben. You can follow along with us in your book. You know it is time to turn the page. When you hear Evan's go... (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Uh, Let's hope he doesn't do any more of that. Yeah, well, it'll be time to turn the page when that happens. (laughs) Just know when that noise comes. Turn the page. Um, Run away. Yeah, so we're here to talk about Pixar. This is Pixar Part 2. We're going to be talking about the feature films from Pixar's library and there are a number of them yes and i don't know about you guys but i have seen more of these pixar movies than i saw of the dreamworks movies i can say that much and i think i've seen about the same which percentage wise which would be all of them okay (laughs) steve how about you i've seen a a a bunch of them yeah much more than like dreamworks and stuff um just looking down the list yeah, I've seen most of them. All right. Well, as we go down the list, we can mention which ones we haven't seen, and we can also talk about why we have not seen them. Yeah, and we'll talk about the upcoming ones as well. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I don't remember if I had seen all the DreamWorks ones. I can't remember if, if I haven't. It's been like, there's only like one. So I'm looking at the list, and I don't see my favorite Pixar movie on here. Hmm. So no. that's interesting. Wikipedia is which, letting me down. Which... Which one? Uh, we'll talk about it when we get to it, but yeah, it's not on here. All and, right, then. And also, I noticed um, the other great Pixar movie, uh, Tangled, is not on here. Ben, let's not do this. I don't. Let's not do what? <laughs> I don't think Tangled. Tangled is part of Walt Disney Animation Studios' prestigious lineup of animated films. Yeah, but wasn't not it Pixar? Wasn't it uh, made by the Pixar people? I do not think so. No? No. Are you sure? Pretty sure. I mean, I know John Lasseter was involved as the creative director. I'm pretty uh-huh. sure. Yeah. So, I guess John Lasseter. Yeah, okay. But I, yeah. All right. I don't think so. Uh, I'll have to trust you on that. The Tangled was not a Pixar movie because it really does seem like and feel like a Pixar movie. It's not. Have you seen Pixar try to do a princess movie? I have. 
Was it as good as Tangled? Tangled. No. All right. We'll talk about Tangled when we get to it on the list. Was it Tangled, the princess movie that they made? No. No? I mean, the princess movie they did make did have really tangly hair. Oh, I know. Uh, Moana is what you're talking about. Moana, that is another great, great Pixar You're just lucky I'm not Daniel Butcher. Because he would have harsher words for you. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't I don't know what you mean. Okay. Um, well, Shelby. maybe maybe we can maybe we can talk about why some of those are not uh, Pixar films, but they seem like they might be well, in mean, a larger, broader sense. Yeah, yeah. And I also noticed my other favorite. Oh goodness. Uh, Pixar movies not on here. Um, Planes. Stop. And planes, fire, and rescue. Stop. Also, not on this. This is really uh, weird. Okay. This is all just really, really strange to me that these uh, great, great uh, animated <laughs> Pixar do movies do not lump tangled in with planes. Instant classics. <laughs> I'm just saying. Good. Couldn't help noticing they're not on here. Now I haven't seen planes. Oh my goodness, um, I have. Because Count your lucky stars that you haven't seen planes. <laughs> I might be mistaken. I might be mistaken. But planes, fire and rescue, the sequel. Haven't seen it. I heard, and I think I I, I almost don't want to say his name because if I'm wrong, he'll be mad. But I think Daniel Butcher said it wasn't bad. I could see him <laughs> saying something like that. But but we better wait and hear it from the horse's mouth. Before we confirm. <laughs> I know they're coming up with a new planes, uh, like space planes or something. Probably not going to see that either. Space planes. Yeah. Isn't that? Isn't there another word for a space plane? Like a, a ship? Something a like that. <laughs> wouldn't that be, Just wouldn't that be called yeah. a... Planes, a planes, fire and rescue, shuttles. Yeah. And then we yeah. go, and it turns out to be like a bus that takes you from the airport Shuttle to the bus. hotel. <laughs> All well, right, that would actually be Cars, Cars Four. I think that would cars be Four, dad, Shuttle Bus, dad Save the Universe Part Two. We will talk about Cars, but to get there, we have to start <laughs> with the first Pixar movie on this list, which Toy is Story. Toy Story, yes, a good movie. Toy Story, nineteen ninety-five. Did you guys see this in theaters? I did. I did see this in theaters. I'm I not sure remember. who I saw it with, but I know I, sh- I saw it with um, a couple college friends, and I think it was date night, and I, I can't remember when my wife and I started dating, so I can't remember if I was with her. <laughs> but this is <laughs> terrible. Well, this is about two years before we got married, and, I, and we dated about two years before we got married, but I don't remember details. Like, Wow. Like I saw it in theaters. I was five. Hmm. And I'm surprised I, I made it. it through this thing. Because there's that creepy spider baby and Sid and all that stuff. The creepy spider baby, one of the coolest things, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I I went and saw Aladdin was my first movie, and I didn't make it past when the Cave of Wonders ate that guy. <laughs> so. <laughs> all I can say is my wow. first movie was either Superman or Star Wars. And well, you got Darth Vader, and Superman's not really that scary. No, it's not. Yeah. Not at all. I think there's no way I would have even known what the real dread of Superman the movie would have been. Yeah, like, right. Obviously, the whole dis- disaster at the end, but right. the, the the idea of the nuclear missiles. 
Wow. Causing an earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> All I would have known is, oh, there's water. <laughs> and, oh, that bus, the bus, that would have gotten me. Oh, this Because there's kids on the yeah. bus and Superman saves them. Yes. There you go. That's, that's a kid's movie right there. Yeah. Anyway. That's, that's fun for kids. So you made it through Toy Story. Apparently. I mean, I remember walking, I think I remember walking in and out of the theater and seeing the posters for it and everything. And obviously I remember the movie, but I don't remember, I don't remember my theater going experience. Well, were you a fan? Yeah. Was it the kind of thing that you're like... Oh, yeah, man. I mean, we quoted Infinity and Beyond mm-hmm. all the time. Toy Story was great. I had I had the Buzz Lightyear full-size action figure toy thing, which is very hard to play with <laughs> if you're a little kid because it's so big. Um, but, yeah, grew up watching this all the time. Big fan. All right. All right. Steve? Yeah, this is a good one. Steve, what's yours, your experience with this movie? Um, I can only imagine that, and this is completely made up because I have no idea. I I think (laughs) that I didn't see it in the theater. And then when we started having kids, we had movies to see and to watch with the, with the kids. And then probably that's where I first saw it. Um, I, I don't know. So I have really no recollection of a lot of these early ones. Uh, uh, the, and before, let's see, I can't, I can't even think of any actual specific time where I saw any of these movies except maybe The Incredibles. But that's like six movies in, so we won't even yeah, get yeah. there yet. So directed by John Lasseter, mm-hmm. who that's a name we're going to be talking about a lot. Um, story, this is where it gets into the Pixar method a little bit, but stories by John Lasseter, Pete Docter, uh, Andrew Stanton, and Joe Ranft, which those first three names are really familiar with me. I don't know the Joe Ranft. I, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, but... Um, Here's an interesting tidbit. Sure. Uh, before John Lasseter was hired by Pixar, he worked for Disney Animation, and the last thing he did in his first time working with Disney Animation was going into the head honcho's office and pitching a movie called The Brave Little Toaster where inanimate objects come to life when nobody's looking. So he pitched that? That's his idea? Him and somebody else, I believe, yeah. Huh. And then they made it. He did not make it. Well, they made it. Somebody made it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. On a super low budget. I just watched that movie. Terrifying. It's not not terrible. Terrifying. Not terrible. (laughs) It's... <laughs> well, the the first one was not on Netflix, but I watched the second one with mm-hmm. my kids, mm-hmm. where they like, go to Mars. I think that's the third one. The third one. Okay. I know. I know too much. <laughs> um, okay, so the screenplay though is by Alec Sokolow, Joel Cohen, Andrew Stanton. We're gonna be hearing that name a lot, and Joss Whedon. Ah. Joss Whedon. Interesting. He was, uh, there was a while where he was a pretty in demand script doctor. So, and, yeah. So this and it, movie, the, the only actual, the only actual movie he had written before this was the movie for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Huh. But he had done script doctoring stuff on a, on a bunch of other stuff. Well, this and uh, Alien Resurrection of the two that I'm most familiar with. Hmm. But yeah. So this movie, it's got. I mean. If you want a fascinating look at the development of this movie, go check out the documentary The Pixar Story. 
And they just had so much trouble getting this thing off the ground because, number one, it's the first of its kind. This movie won an Oscar for, what was it? I, can't, I don't know the technical term, but it's Outstanding Technical Achievement or something in movies. It's an honorary Oscar because they broke fantastic new ground. If that's not the name of it, it should be because okay. that sounded really good. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> something like that. So, I mean, not only do you have that, this – I mean, nobody thought – you could do this. And then you have uh, Tom Hanks as a lead role. You have Tim Allen, mm-hmm. who was huge at the time, as a lead role. And by the way, this is probably his best role. I mean, who? Tim Allen? Tim yeah. Allen. I mean, yeah. it's, it's probably Galaxy his most Quest beloved is, role. You know, definitely that. Yes. Well, most beloved role for people your age. Okay, Tool Time or, or yeah. the Home Improvement. Yeah. What else are you thinking of? That's the other one. That's the other one. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's a lot of older people like if you're gonna vote you would see a definite rift between. but i think like t- but i'm an older timelessness person. with timelessness this one's gonna be remembered i think as oh, his beloved role i'm um, an older person and i would i would prefer him in toy story over tim the two man taylor and i'm elderly for I mean, me I'm it's it's this ancient. and uh santa claus and see for me it's this and galaxy quest oh and galaxy quest, well galaxy right. quest yeah, yeah but but uh he's like I don't know. It's, it's it's kind of a you know. I was I was about to say he's sort of playing a parody of a character there, but I mean here he's playing a cartoon yeah. <laughs> of a toy, you know. Um, so, but maybe that's the types of characters that I like him in. Yeah. You know, when he's when he's not himself. <laughs> I think uh, they did a fantastic job nailing toy culture. I don't know if it's just of the time, but just in general, like it's probably of the time. They nailed the action figure culture with Buzz Lightyear. And the, I mean, for me at least, Andy's birthday party is exactly what my birthday parties <laughs> looked like. And exactly the type of toy I would want for a birthday present. And so... Yeah. The, the one thing is, I mean, you, you're, you're right, but I don't know if it's in this movie yet, though. Because all of his toys are these classic toys, too. I'm just, just you know, yeah. and it's like this. It's all, all these inherited toys. Like yeah. his his toy his, his room is filled with stuff that was definitely bought for him, especially like the Woody's, you know, the, the wallpaper, mm-hmm. the blankets, and stuff like that. But you get the impression that Woody, the toy in this movie, was a hand me down kind mm-hmm. of thing, and this other stuff. I just feel like I and I can just imagine this like. You yeah, get this hand-me-down, and you love this toy so much. And so what's mom do? Gets the other stuff. You know, oh, okay, well, let's get the other stuff then. And we'll, I'll try and find some of this other stuff. And um, But then Buzz Lightyear is kind of the – he messes up the rhythm because he's actually a new toy out of box. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, well, I think it would be interesting if they – I mean, and this might might sound like sacrilege, but but let me explain. If they remade this movie, <gasps> listen to me, because Pixar now could use Star Wars figures, and it could use Disney action figures and toys and things like that, and it could use like all the stuff that it's it, it it's the the things that are lacking are the things that are the huge things that of course they couldn't get the rights to or didn't even want to try 
because you know <laughs> is George Lucas really going to let you know a, a Luke Skywalker action figure run around or something? So it would be interesting if now with all the money they have and all the connections they have and Marvel, I mean you know a superhero toy is not in this movie, is it? You know, I mean mm-hmm. stuff like that. You would you would be able to to just be able to to redo it and just do like a you know a, a, an alternate reality version of it or something you know have this well, one stand on its own but then have this other one that would have all those toys that i mean i that that, that i grew up with you know steve you're not off the mark though because they wanted barbie in this one mm. and yeah. barbie was not interested uh, i guess was it mattel mm, at the time i, I don't know so, who yeah. owned barbie at the time but they were not interested at all. And then when it was the runaway success that it was, they came to Pixar and said, okay, we want to get in your next movie. You know, and so nice. Barbie is a huge part of Toy Story 2. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I sort of disagree with you, Steve, just because of the timelessness of right. making your own stuff. I mean, they're, they're clearly basing Buzz Lightyear and other things off of those brand toys that – Oh, they right, didn't have right. the rights to, and I, I, I think it was a good move, not that they had a choice, but to, <laughs> <laughs> to keep those branding things out of there. I mean, Barbie. Except they didn't. That's the weird thing is you have this yeah. great mix Mr. of Head. real stuff and the made up stuff, and so you yeah. have it's just a strange. They were able to make it work really yeah. well to have these actual tie-in toys. That then yeah. are already on the shelves in toy stories and so or toy stores, and so kids are going to see it on the screen. And Mr. Potato Head, this was like the best thing to happen to Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, well, but yeah. but those toys that they have, they're not just a specific brand. They are a type of toy. Mr. Potato Head is not a, just a brand; he's a type of toy. I and I would disagree with you. I'd say he yeah. is the brand. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the same with Slinky, and but then you get the. The type of toys where you're talking about like Bo Peep and the Army Men and um, Buzz Lightyear, Woody, those things themselves. I mean, you have this weird mix of edge a sketch. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, maybe instead of a type of toy, I'd say icon. Okay. Like they're toy icons that are in yeah. there. Um, and they do a, they they do well with it. But then you have we already talked about Combat Carl. <laughs> you know, Combat Carl <laughs> uh, in the Toy Story, the Christmas one, no the. No, that was the um, Halloween the Halloween one. one. Yeah. Um, they have the twelve inch combat Carl, and then they Six have inch. the three and a half yeah. inch combat Carl, nice. who has the same jointing. You know, it's all right. Um, so and, let... and actual Lego in that one, I think too. Oh, did they? I think so. That's cool. That's a big deal. Now, okay, let's talk about this. Like as a kid, this just hit the nail on the head for me because then they go to Pizza Planet, which mm-hmm. is like Chuck E. Cheese or Discovery Zone, or, yeah, you know, yeah. something like that. It's just that was my absolute favorite place to go as a kid, you know, for your birthday. Where do you want to go? Chuggy Cheese, Discovery Zone, whatever. Um, <laughs> love that. And they just they just nailed 90s kid culture in this movie. And it's so relatable to me. And then I did not relate to Sid very much. <laughs> He's a creepy guy just wanting to blow everything up and good good bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Really good bad guy because – it worked. I mean, it's what's the worst villain for a toy? Someone who destroys yeah. the toys. And what's yeah. the worst thing to happen for a toy? Get left behind in a move, or you know, I mean, they yeah, they hit all those fears nicely, and um, and Buzz Lightyear's delusional state. 
Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing for Toy Story throughout all of them, there is this kind of spiritual metaphor of finding out your reality, mm. you know, and coming to grips with the reality of the universe. I mean, Buzz is completely blind to reality and he is messed up, you know, and if he does not find out what's real in this world, he he will never achieve anything. Well, he's never going to survive. We will survive, yeah. um, achieve, he, he won't be able to relate with people, you know, and um, and this is all throughout all of them is, is this idea of knowing your purpose and knowing, you know, reality and understanding where you came from and yeah, it's... It's good. good. All right. Let's move on to A Bug's Life, which we talked about a little bit in our DreamWorks episode because it came in direct conflict with DreamWorks Ants. That's right. That's right. 1998. Yes. Ant with a Z. Yes. Ants. Directed by John Lasseter with co-director Andrew Stanton. We're going to be hearing those names a lot. Joe Ramped is in there too. I don't know who that guy is, but he's in there. <laughs> this was a bit. This was a bitter thing between Disney and and. DreamWorks, but it doesn't necessarily need to be because the movies are so drastically different. And <laughs> tonally, for sure. Tonally, yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, they're about ants going for the freedom of their people, but yeah, still. And one is, has Woody Allen <laughs> <laughs> and Sylvester Stallone. I might add. Yeah, this one <laughs> and Julia Louis Dreyfus. This one has Kevin Spacey. Well, this one has Julia Louis Dreyfus. Oh, this is the one with Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. Uh... The other one had. Uh, I don't know. Anne Bancroft? No, Sandra Bullock, I thought, was one of the ants. Maybe I'm There's wrong. a big name. Yeah. This is the lead for Bugs Life is Dave Foley, though. I love Stone. love, love Dave Foley. He's he's a Canadian comedian. Okay. And he was the lead in um, news radio. But he was also one of the, the guys in, in um, Kids in the Hall. Yeah, this is this is Julia Louise Dreyfus is in this one as Princess Ada. Um, I thought she was a princess in ants. Hayden Panettiere <laughs> as Dot. Interesting. Yeah, I did from, not know uh, that. Heroes. Yes, from Heroes fame. Um, you get David Hyde Pierce, Phyllis Diller, <laughs> Richard Kind, Joe, Joe Ranft. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what do you want to talk about with this one? I mean, it's a good it's a good flick. Get it. It's a good flick. This one, I didn't... I I, I guess I'm just not an insect person. Because the main character's <laughs> name is Flick. Oh. <laughs> okay. And again, you know, the, it, it, this, this came out at, at around the same time that I was probably not watching a lot of kids' movies because I wasn't a kid and I hadn't had kids, so... And yet, strangely, I did see this... And I wasn't a kid and I hadn't had kids. So <laughs> this happened after I was married and graduated from college. Here in the next like several movies, these were like the go-to mainstays. Put it on in the car. It's playing at the dentist office in the lobby. Mm-hmm. It is and <laughs> everywhere. When, when we babysat, yep. we would put these in. And yeah. So, I mean, I've seen this movie a bajillion times and – we, I mean, we had this cassette tape that we'd sing in the car. Um, <laughs> and you might be thinking to yourself, wait a minute, this movie's not a musical. And you're right. But they still released a musical cassette tape. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, yep. Sure. Why not? Yeah. I mean, no, this is this is a fun movie. I like it. 
Um, it's it's that whole idea. Um, you, 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 it's the Seven Samurai. Yeah, it's it's the the guy leaves the ant hole to go and find uh, warriors to help fight the person who's coming, this evil villain who's coming to steal their food. Yeah, if you'd like to watch a gritty remake of A Bug's Life, just go check out Magnificent Seven, starring Chris <laughs> Pratt. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. So this is one of those, yeah. though. Yeah. The Mag- Magnificent Seven, um, Seven Samurai. Um, this is directly from that. What was it? Uh, the, the, uh, the Marvel Star Wars issues 7 through 10. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, what is it? Uh, uh, Which you can uh, hear uh, me talk about on uh, Comic Book Time Machine. That's right. Battle Battle Among the Stars, whatever battle, it's called. Yeah, Battle Beyond uh, the Stars. Beyond the Stars. Battle Beyond the Stars. I played the PlayStation wow. 1 game adaption of this. Couldn't make it past like the first level because you have to fight Hopper. Not Hopper. The crazy evil gra- – the crazy grasshopper who they have to keep on a leash and a muzzle. Oh. <laughs> that guy is scary, man. So, and, yeah. and this one, this one had spiders and stuff, and, and you weren't you weren't freaked out. Well, because she didn't look like a spider. She had like the humanoid face, and she was really nice and took care of the little pill bugs. Also, okay. you were eight. Oh yeah. Also, I was eight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the bird was like. I love that they used the T Rex sound effects with the, with the robin who's gonna eat the bugs. That was great. Yeah. And this is Roddy McDowell's final film before his death. No way. Yeah. And who does he play? played uh, Mr. Soil, the lead thespian. Roddy McDowell played? Yeah. Okay. There's John a lot Ratzenberger, of... Uh, Berger as P.T. Flea, the circus yeah, owner. Yeah, Well, and he's in every he's Pixar movie. He's in every movie. Pixar movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. You want to go to uh, Toy Story 2? Or... Sure. Toy Story 2, one of those sequels that I would argue better than the first. See, I, I have a hard time with... I don't know where I rank... Toy Story 2. Actually, I do. I have a letterbox list. Maybe I should pull that up later. Yeah. You literally ranked all of them. I did. I ranked them all. Yeah. But uh, Toy Story 2, some parts of it, I'm just like, eh. And maybe it's because I had overexposure as a kid to it. Uh, Toy Story 2 is actually supposed to be a direct-to-DVD release. But then when they saw how good it was turning out, they decided for a theatrical release. So. And they had to, like, Re-render though, didn't they? I don't know. I, what I heard was, and, and I might be wrong. This is a long time since I've heard this, but they actually had to re-render it so it would look better on the screens, mm. on on the big screen, uh, just to get a better um, texture and and everything to to everything they were doing. But this one definitely has some more emotional moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I love in the Pixar story uh, documentary Tom Hanks and or and uh, it was talking about how he and Tim Allen got to go see the pre-screening just the two of them in the theater by themselves and he's like you know we're big actors um but at the end of the day we're just two grown men sitting next to each other bawling our eyes out over a cowgirl doll yeah <laughs> well, <laughs> her backstory is so sad and yeah. and there's just there's a tragedy to that and yeah and, and then there's this whole thing of woody really is stuck between these two worlds that need him with his original friends friend group and then this new friend group they both need him they both legitimately want him and for them to really have more happiness he he needs to choose 
and whichever one he goes with is going to be they're going to be happier for it and then of course we find out that uh stinky pete is evil uh, evil bad guy yes um a tricky trickster who's going to trick hey 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 spoilers and so he uh kind of makes the choice for buzz not buzz for woody and for um jesse as well like mm-hmm. yeah and so they all end up happy except for him but <laughs> so great memorable moments uh we see jerry from jerry's game come back to restore that's right woody a, oh that sequence that's a great scene that whole sequence is just it's not it's not a big action scene it's there's no dialogue and there's really not a lot of emotion to it it's just about a guy doing his art yep and you see we see yeah, Jesse's backstory in that song which is sad we see the evil emperor zerg for the first time mm-hmm. we see uh, the buzz light your aisle and the, the yep. more delusional of us years. And, uh, you know, Barbie's in there. <laughs> I, I love Rex is is trying to get the video game guide, you know, to, to be the video <laughs> game. And what a cool opening, Yeah. by the yep. way. Super cool. Um, How does this one open again? It opens with the science fiction universe for Buzz Lightyear. And oh, yeah. And he's on the mission going after Zerg. And yeah. Okay. Um, this bears talking about. Have you seen the spin-off movie of this, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command? I have. And I've seen some of the I episodes, have. too, because sure. they did, like, a whole show. It is fantastic, in my opinion. Better than it deserves to be. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> it's got some legitimate twists and some hilarious moments and some really cool action. It's cool characters. Tim Allen actually plays Buzz Lightyear. So it's a movie about... The fictional universe of Buzz Lightyear. Right? It's a movie that, that that Andy would have watched. Yes, and actually, yeah. that's the opening of the movie: is the toys get the VHS from Andy and put it in the, <laughs> and put it in their TV. I don't to remember watch that. It. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Toy Story two, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Actually, all three of these so far. Thumbs up. Yes. All right. Now here's one that I would probably give a bigger thumbs up than all the four that preceded it. Monsters Inc. Mm-hmm. This was some good stuff too. Yes. Yeah, but I I I wouldn't put this above the Toy Story movies, personally. I don't know. I love this movie. I love the characters. I love the concept. Um, I love the concept. Yeah, love the I love, love the, the concept. Musical choices, the aesthetic. Um, bad guys, great plot. Evil plots, great touching stuff. Steve Buscemi yeah, plays Steve the bad Buscemi. guy. You got uh, John Goodman, Goodman Billy and Crystal. Billy Crystal. Yes. Those are the three voices that matter to me. Yeah. But then, I can't remember who is it that does the voice of the slug lady. It's it's a man. It's one of the directors, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> the sequence where they're fighting Randall through all the doors in the door storage facility. Yeah, it's amazing. Awesome. So cool. It's amazing, and they really get into a legitimate place where I'm like, I don't know how they can get out of this. When they go through the door and the door gets shredded. Yeah. And you're just, how is it possible? Go find more doors. Well, yeah, but <laughs> like, this is so random. Welcome yeah. to the Himalayas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the world building mm-hmm. is wonderful. It's such an original idea and they pull it off with class. Yeah. No, it works really, really well. And the whole idea then of the, 
you know, what they're, why they do what they do. Why does the monster under your bed scare you? It's just business. It's not just, it's not even just business. I mean, it's, it's basically, it's their, um, it's their crude oil. Yeah. You know, like this is, it, it, we have to do this if we're going to run and it's okay. Like <laughs> it's, it's not a big deal. You know, we're just scaring them. Yeah. And, yeah. But then the whole thing where – and they, they set everything up really well in this movie. Like every plot element, it's, it's basically Chekhov's everything. Hmm. So like everything that happens at the beginning gets a payoff at the end as far as just where the what they do with the doors, um, what happens if there's contamination from our world. And yeah, it's, it's great. It's wonderful. And they kind of close the door, no pun intended, on a really good sequel because – Whole scary, yeah. The whole scary element is, is yeah, done. Yeah. You know, it's, now it's just. Yeah. But they didn't close the door on a prequel, Ben. Nope. And nope. we'll get there. <laughs> All right. So next up is The Incredibles. Yeah. Is it, it now? No. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Nope. No, I skipped Finding Nemo. Finding, Finding Nemo. Nemo. Yes. Were you, I, I wondered if you were skipping it on purpose. No, sorry. No. I enjoy <laughs> Finding Nemo. Directed by Andrew Stanton. Who was 2003 I? is our. This is the first not November. Everything else was released in November. Yeah, they were Here, like... Here, this, uh, this is now a summer movie. This right. movie it, kind of... These were winter Christmas movies, first of all. For some reason, this is what happened. This movie kind of takes on a new light for me because I we had I was talking with somebody about Finding Dory, and we were wondering how much time had passed between the two. And then we were starting to wonder, how long is a clownfish lifespan? And we figured out that Nemo in this movie is only four months old. Okay. And so it just kind of puts a new perspective on the time the time frame of the movie cuz Marlon's like a year old at the opening of the movie and he's known his wife for like a month maybe. And so it's just kind of how does this I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it just was like I never thought about this before cuz you th- when you think of it, you know, you're thinking of like it's a dad yeah, looking for his but son. But you're thinking of it in your your human, you know, uh-huh. lifespan and stuff. So it just was a different perspective anyway. That doesn't ruin anything. It's just, okay. Yeah. It's just a different way to think about it. Like I was waiting for you to – No. It doesn't, like this ruins it for me. No, it doesn't but, ruin it okay. for me. It's great. Right. So Finding Nemo, we've got The Lost Son mm-hmm. and we've got – you know, it's classic Pixar, uh, assembling a family. You know, you've got – Nemo's father looking for him, finding help along the way. He finds Dory along the way. Get Willem Dafoe. Yeah, and Albert Brooks. Yeah, and the, the sea turtles along the way, and they're they're helping each other. And, Bruce and Nemo gets a new family in the the fish tank where he is in the dentist office, which is horrifying and terrifying. <laughs> yeah, Dora. <laughs> um, I mean the whole. The whole thing works well, and you don't really have a villain in this one. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like the 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 journey is the villain. Yeah, yep. It's just, I mean, you could say humanity is the villain, just by by <laughs> virtue of being there and doing stuff. The only real but, villain here is Darla. Yeah, I mean, well, she's—I wouldn't even call her a villain. For the fish, she is. She's a monster. She... <laughs> like she's... she's the force of nature. Yeah, no, yeah. seriously, she's a Godzilla yeah. in the movie, but she's yeah. not a villain. A villain who's actively trying to hurt anyone. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I mean, she is, I guess. 
but, but she's not, not trying maliciously to trying yeah. to hurt people. She's but. just she does hurt them, but she doesn't understand. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it's a good one. It doesn't rank real high for me. I I don't know. I gotta pull up my list. Okay. Well, <laughs> this if I I would have these in in three tiers though. Okay. For me, tier one, Pixar movies I like. Tier two, Pixar movies that yeah, it's okay. And I watched it. I didn't hate it, but it's not like I, I don't really, really like it. And that third one is ones that I didn't like. Okay. All right. And and this just fits in that middle where it's good. And, yeah. And it's well crafted and well made. It just doesn't strike me, even right. as a father hmm. watching it. It's just yeah. So okay. I think this one's one of my my top ones. Um. Hold on. Yep. Top. It's number five on the list. Wow. Number five. Five out of 18. Well, I've missed one, apparently. I'll we'll find out which one <laughs> well, you're missing. I only had 17 on my list. Okay. So it's number five. All right. Um, yep. All right. Let's keep going. So up until this one, the other ones were all kind of that top tier okay. for me. Gotcha. And this is the first one that I would say slides into the, it's good. It's it's really good, really well made, but it's it's just not striking my fancy. Okay. Now we get into The Incredibles. Yes. Yeah. Brad Bird, people. Definitely top tier. Brad Bird. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. And this is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's number two. It's not just you know one of my favorite uh, Pixar movies or favorite animated movies. It's, it's way up there. It's probably in my top five or top three. No, I definitely really, really like this movie. It's one of the best superhero movies. Yeah, I mean, period. Just, just putting it that way. Yeah. One yep. of the best superhero movies. Absolutely. I mean, we've talked about it before on the podcast, the characters, the setting, the aesthetic, the script, the effects, the character arcs, the plots. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yep. it just, it, yep. it, it's a perfect storm yep. of what makes a, what, what makes a great superhero movie. And, yep. you know, people make the joke, it's the best Fantastic Four movie ever. But the reason they're making that joke is not just because there's four people in a family. It's because it's a, it's a movie about, a family of superheroes. Which is what Fantastic Four is supposed to be. With this vibe yeah. of this kind of 60s spy aesthetic. And if they could have just done this with Fantastic Four. Yep. <laughs> and, and not done this movie, but done this this vibe and just right. really just gone for uh, what makes Fantastic Four work. And yep. just the imagination and quality of ideas that make it to the final cut. In the, and not just in this, but in, in Toy Story 2, where we see Woody's, all the merchandise, they invent, they, I mean, they, mm-hmm. they had to make all that. And they yeah. and they made all these superheroes, which could stand up and be like, you know, they look like super real superheroes, but they've, they're all original. And it's wonderful. Now, since we talked last, I did not watch Cars, like I, but I did watch that little four minute um, Mr. Incredible and Friends Oh yes, which yeah, that was so good. <laughs> that was so <laughs> good. Oh so, gosh, oh so so good. Nah. <laughs> so funny. It was it was perfect. It was great. Perfect, you say. So, Incredibles uh, had mu- uh, music by Michael Giacchino or Giacchino. Someone's corrected me in the past about how to say his name, but that guy. Um, this is the first time I was able to uh, that I noticed him that I remember anyway and yeah great great stuff up until this point Randy Newman was pretty much the go-to guy yeah 
Yeah. But they brought That's in right. they brought in Michael Giacchino because they needed a, a, a big broad superhero thing. And right. So we're in two thousand four right now with the Incredibles. And we move from two thousand four to two thousand six for one of the ones that I haven't seen. And <laughs> that's cars. Wow. Well, Ben, now this why is this is a you... now I did see Doc Holiday. No, Doc Hollywood. That's what I saw. Okay. <laughs> that's what this movie is. It's Doc Hollywood. Okay. Doc Hollywood. Michael J. Fox, eighties movie. Never this is a funny one for me because I had a, a friend that I was uh, working in the same place with, and he was a NASCAR guy. And when he saw the the preview for this, he was like, "Oh man, did you see the preview?" He's like, "Someone finally made a cool movie for NASCAR guys, like me." And I'm like, "What about Days of Thunder?" Uh, yes, <laughs> or something like that. But I'm like, but but I'm not I'm not a NASCAR guy. But, <laughs> but he was such a you know a good friend at the time that I'm like, okay, we can see this movie. Yeah, and I think I, I took uh, I probably took my son to it or something, and uh, it was really well done. You know, I I liked the characters, I liked the, you know, the story. Lightning McQueen was fun, and and you know seeing. I mean, it, it, and this is—it's been done before, he, you know, anthropomorphizing cars, but they did it so well. Yep. And all different types of vehicles too. So it was, you know, for me, it this this is one of the ones that I I remember seeing and enjoying. Uh, you know, probably The Incredibles would be the first one. I think I saw Finding Nemo in the the theater. I'm not sure. But it seems like something I would have brought it my my one and a half year old son to maybe I'm not sure. This is one of Pixar's slowest films, I think, <laughs> which is surprising because yeah. it's about <laughs> race cars. But I mean, yeah, it's about a a guy from the city who's a hotshot superstar, and he gets stranded in the small town America, mm-hmm. and he is stuck there and forced to come to terms with the fact that yeah, you're a big shot, but you have no friends. And your life is just your job, and it's what really matters. And he has to come to terms with that. And so the messages are really good. Uh, John Lasseter came up with the idea after taking a long road trip with his family, and so it's got a lot of personal connections for him. Um, it's it's a good good solid film. So here's my connection with Cars. The weekend it came out, or right around the weekend it came out, um, I went to Minnesota. Okay. For a meeting with an animation company called, uh, at the time they called What Cement, but now they're called Rising Star, uh, to negotiate details about having them uh, create and, and work with me on Arm Request. Nice. And we were going to do an animated movie, and um, this was the first step. And they were also going to have me write for one of their uh, DVD series. There, uh, there was it would go on PBS first, and then it would go to DVD. And it was very popular on DVD to um, to churches and schools because it was about character building. Cool. And the churches, you actually got a little Bible study with it. Schools, it got this. I, th- I think they had like a a character trait kind of uh, workbook or something like that. And then on PBS, it always um, showed a character trait and what what, what character trait, you know, honesty and that kind of thing. Well, ought to be good is about anthropomorphized cars. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Cars trailers started hitting, they immediately were, got accused of ripping off Cars. 
even though they already been production for you know a few years mm-hmm. with this DVD series that they were doing. But yeah, it was immediate, and that was the weekend that I was like visiting them was when this movie came out, and it's just kind of yeah, we're getting we're getting feedback right now that everyone thinks we're just the Christian ripoff of Cars, mm. uh. and yeah. But that was that was my connection with it. But then I've seen bits and pieces of it here and there, like when you know visiting other families um, in, in our family, and they'll put it on, and the kids will watch it. So I'm, I think my kids have seen it, but I haven't. So. <laughs> You're just not interested. I'm really not. I'm just. I'm just not. I don't know why. I don't I'd why. recommend it. I think the world oh, building yeah. that they've done is very clever. Yeah. Um, how to make cars inhabit our world comfortably. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And it's yeah. great. it's a good film. So this was the uh, it was co-directed by uh, Joe Ranft. <laughs> it's a name who, that I've heard more times in this podcast yes. than I have I know, before but, this podcast. But here's the thing: he he died in a car accident the same year this came out. Oh my! So this was like the one of the last things he worked on. This and I think Corpse Bride. And he had been doing stuff. I mean, he was he did one of the voices in The Brave Little Toaster. He was uh, a story artist on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He did Oliver and Company, Little Mermaid, Rescuers Down Under. I mean, Aladdin, you know, to, to put the nightmare back in you. But, I mean, he was, you know, he did the voice of Lenny the Binoculars in Toy Story. And he, he did so many things that, um, you know, people, I mean, he wasn't just nobody. His voice, I mean, his his name sounds like it's just like a made-up name or something. But, you know, this this was a guy who who, uh, I mean, he was uh, he was posthumously honored as a Disney legend, and uh, in 2016, just last year, he won the Windsor McKay Award, the Lifetime Achievement Award for animators, posthumously. Um, so, I mean, the, as as much as we're having fun with this and everything, it, maybe just take a little sober moment just to say, hey, you know, this was. This was a guy that did a lot of stuff, and you know he died in a car accident during the making of this movie. So, not to bring everybody down. Yeah, yeah, because I still hadn't heard of him. I mean, it's, <laughs> he's just this. You've heard of the that, stuff that he's done. Oh, I'm sure I have. Yeah, I, Nightmare you're right, Before but, Christmas, Lion King, uh, James and the Giant Peach. Fantasia so, is this someone that you? Is, is this someone that you've like a fan of, or? No, I, I just you know I'm looking at the the Wikipedia page. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I mean, nice. he, it's just he's he's everywhere, you know. He's he's done so many things in animation, um. So. And wow. voice, I mean, he did voices. He did you know some of the animation. He did uh, storyboard supervisor. Uh, what did someone call him? Uh, uh, someone called him the story giant of our generation. And, of course, that might be just emotions after the, a person died. But still, to have anyone call you a story giant of our generation is, you know, it's something. So, uh, But this was, I think, the last one that he worked on. All right. So we moved from 2006 with Cars to 2007 with Ratatouille. Yeah, and, and yes. this is now, – now we're firmly into – uh, you know, uh, summer movies. These uh, from now on until there's like one blip in, uh, on the radar. Uh, they're they're all you know June and May movies. Yep. Yeah, late May or or June movies. This movie Ratatouille is my favorite of all the Pixar movies, and it is my number seven favorite movie of all time. Really? Yep. I really like this movie too. I, 
Another one with music by Michael Giacchino. Yeah. Brad Bird, people. Brad Bird. No, yep. Yeah. I. This is a really, really good movie. Yes. Uh, I. I don't remember when I saw it in, in relation to when it came out in theaters, but I didn't see it in theaters. I did. Um. I did. We bought it, and I, w- I bought it simply because it was a Pixar movie, mm. and and hadn't seen it, and then I watched it with my kids, and I don't know if my kids enjoyed it. Um. This it's is more of an, a few it's, years it's ago, a mature but story. It is, and it's it's just kind of a yeah. It's not a an adult story, but it's a story for adults and about adults, yeah. you know. And it's about following and and finding your place and your passion and great cast. I mean, you <laughs> yeah. have uh, Agent Koenig. Yeah. Uh, what's his Pat- name? Patton Oswalt. Yes, Patton Oswalt. Yeah. Um, Daniel Butcher hates this movie. You know wow. why he hates it, though? Yes, I do. I mean, he loves everything Disney except for Ratatouille. Because the rats touch the food. The rats touch the food. <laughs> he can't do it. He can't Which take doesn't it. make any sense to me. <laughs> no, because my dad didn't like it either. Because in the movie, in the where they open the door and the rats are like all over that one guy that they just tied up. He's like, oh no, no, no! <laughs> it just creeps people out. So. Nice. Well, I guess. I guess because. You see them go through the heavy industrial dishwasher. What's the problem? Well, that's the thing is you, you watch this movie and it's it's anything like this. You know, if they do a good job of creating the characters, you accept that these are not what you normally would think of. Right. You know, Mickey Mouse touches food all the time. Yeah, all the but time, he's wearing yeah. gloves, Ben. Uh, that's true, I guess. I, I, I guess. But, yeah. I mean, if you can accept Mickey Mouse mm. – touching food why can't you accept ratatouille yeah bugs bunny he's a rodent right well let's think about these insects you know i know i mean bugs life insects they're just walking around on all their legs and then they touch things you know it's just (laughs) anyway daniel right in ratatouille (laughs) i love this movie i think it's really really good i liked it a lot yes Definitely, definitely in my top tier. I could do a whole episode just on this movie. It's wonderful. Wonderful. Peter O'Toole as Anton Ego. Yes, wonderful, quote unquote, (laughs) bad guy. Very good. So, what you're going to notice, though, is my top tier right now is very heavy. (laughs) And there's one in the the middle. Nothing that I hate. Oh, yeah, and seeing cars. Yeah. Cars I just didn't see. And so I missed out on something that I possibly could have hated, but also possibly could have liked. I, I think you'd like it. Moving to 2008, we get Wally. Mm. Wally. Yep. Where does this rank for you, Evan? Well, hold on, I'm trying to pull up my list. It's yeah. not working. <laughs> because this one's pretty high for me. Is it? It is. I love this movie. I when I saw this first in the theaters, I did not enjoy this movie. Partly wow. because I had just broken up with my girlfriend and this is a love story. So it made me very sad. Mm. Um, Poor well, thing. Yeah. Well, it uh, got better. I don't know if I would call it a love story. <laughs> it got better. But... Uh, it, you wouldn't call it a love story, I Ben? I mean, they like each other. It's They're about friends, cute robot you know? love. But, it's a like story. I mean, I guess. But yeah. No, I love this movie. I, I love it so much. It's funny because um, I, I saw it and... Uh, my friend Tim Barron, my artist friend, who we worked on a number of things together, and I'm like, yeah. man, I love that movie so much. He's 
I hate that movie. Mm. It, I mean, he <laughs> hates it with a passion. Like, it, wow. he would actively go out, hunt down this movie, and shoot it. <laughs> like, that's how much he hates this movie. Well, the director is a Christian. Andrew Stanton? I believe so. Either the director or the writer. One of them is a Christian. Well, Pete Docter and Andrew Stanton uh, were the story, and then Andrew Stanton and Jim Reardon okay. uh, were the... One of them is intentionally putting a lot of Christian themes in here. Well, I certainly felt it. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of really good... One of the things I liked is that the, the the environmental theme, it was, it felt to me like it wasn't a um, hit you over the head. I mean, it was still, it always hit you over the head, yeah. but it was it was we need to take care of this place because we live here. Yeah, you know, and we just got to take care of it, and not so much where it swings to the other side, where it's don't do anything that affects anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it was hey, this world is here for us to live in. And so let's live in it, but let's take care of it. I've grown to appreciate this movie a lot more since I've seen it uh, the first time. Uh, it's definitely got some of that uh, silent comedy, mm-hmm. Charlie Chaplin sort of stuff. Um, the first half, there's no words. Yeah, I've only seen clips yeah. of Charlie Chaplin, so I can't speak too much into that. But uh, you've got... Except for Fred Willard. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy, the store guy. Uh I can't remember what the name of the store is, but he's the one who does those like messages where it's it's actually a human. Oh yes, it's not Chelsea animated, Fourth, and which right? is one of the things the I by absolutely and large. hated about this movie that they did that. Yes, what a <laughs> foolish thing to do! I thought it was so dumb and cheesy. You know why though? It created a greater gap between what humans became. Right, I still so you that. see a guy who is a photorealistic human being, mm-hmm. and then you go to these humans. And if they didn't do that, it may have had – they may have been able to find a way to have the same effect. But it could have just looked like this is the style that we're doing humans in mm. instead of humans started out looking just like us, photorealistic, and now they look like this. And I mean – I'm shrugging. Yeah. but Because <laughs> if, if they had done Andy, Andy is still a stylized person. Yeah. And – so I, that I that I'm convinced that's the reason why I haven't watched any of the uh, um, any behind the scenes things or any director's commentary. But yeah, because at first when I saw it, I thought this is really out of place. Yeah, this doesn't make sense until I thought about it. Because I, I did I, I, because it was so out of place. I had to ask myself why? Why would they make this decision? And uh, fun fact about humans: originally, this movie was gonna be they were gonna be uh, green blobby aliens. Um, and eventually they're like, no, we need to make this a human story about humanity. Um, and they, I guess, used the green blobby alien design for their lifted short hmm. and recycled it for something else. Oh, well, why not? Because apparently they spent like so much time developing the software to make the, the blobby stuff look real and you know you could see through it and all that. And then they're like, nah, we're not going to use it. <laughs> so I'm sure that was wow. frustrating for some people. Yeah, this is number 14. Out of 17. Out of, out of 18. So you added in the eighteenth. Yes. yes did you, which one did you leave out? It was up. You left out uh, up. We'll talk about it when we get to up. Well, that's next. Ah. Well, well. Before we get to that, the, the, this this uh, the the voice of Wally. A lot of people don't know who this person is, but it's it's Ben Burt, who is R two D two. He's one of my heroes. And, he's he's yeah. an American sound 
sound designer, film editor, director, screenwriter, voice actor, and he, uh, yeah, he he did the sounds for Star Wars. You know, when when I was younger, I I recorded Star Wars onto a cassette because I liked to hear it. You know, and I mean, at at the time, I liked the story and everything. But the thing is, there were so many things in the background that I was like, "What is that?" And when you strip away the visuals, you get this lush, wonderful, amazing. Uh, you know, all the different background sounds, the alien sounds, and the electronic sounds, and the ship sounds, and the everything. I mean, it's it's one of those things where. You know, when I started to be interested in, uh, you know, more audio drama and things like that, that's what I was looking for. It was what I was listening for. No, and, he definitely you know, added to the universe building of Star Wars where oh yeah, it, he Star Wars as a movie is so immersive because of his work. I mean, that's a big, big, big part of it. And, yeah. and for Wally, too. I mean, they had to make Wally speak to us without speaking to us it's not even that he doesn't talk there's no one for him to talk to except for that little cockroach yeah. at the beginning and yeah um and the the ship designs the robot designs wonderful in in this movie yeah They're, i do love that that arc ship that they that they're in that is a really cool design it reminds me of i don't know who the artist is but there's this book that we had in one of my classrooms a science classroom in middle school and it just had all of these um, – it was all speculative. This is what potentially really could be what we do. Mm. you know. And, and there's like this giant uh, space um, barge where – or not barge, but a cruise, a cruise liner. Okay. You know, where it's just – and it just looks so amazing. It reminds me of – that. I love the seventy-ish, seventies-ish style of the robots, like the sleek, you know, white mm-hmm. and black and the Eve yeah. and the clunky. Ones. And and some of the referencing too. I mean, they definitely reference uh, two thousand one, mm. which now you've seen two thousand one, and you can know what it's referencing when it references two thousand one. Yep, <laughs> sure can. Yep. <laughs> if nothing else, that that happened for you. Yes, I've so. seen it. Um, all right. 2009. 2009. Up. Up. Yep. Up. I love this movie, too. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a fantastic, Top fantastic tier. movie. Top tier. I forced myself to put it at number eight in my list. If you just count the first sequence, it's, I don't know, it, it might even be better than The Incredibles. It's just so well done. Yeah. Um, I'm so sick amazing. of this movie. Tear jerker. <laughs> What do you mean you're sick of it? Just, uh, <clears throat> when we on, we traveled on the road, there was just a period of time where no matter where I went, no matter what TV was on, this movie was playing. <laughs> like everybody was watching this, it just seemed Lucky like a you. quick succession, and I was just got burnt out, and I'm still not over it. Oh, that's too bad because <laughs> it's a fantastic movie. It is a good movie. I'm not yeah. gonna. Yeah. That's why I forced myself to put it so high, despite my feelings about it currently. So number yeah. eight. Yeah. It's no, wonderful it, because the 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 lead is a curmudgeon, and you need more of those in movies, you know. <laughs> so you, I guess you don't. Uh, wow. Yeah, I, I'm not hearing a on? resounding uh, <laughs> agreement. I mean, it's it's a good character, yeah, yeah. but it I'm sure not going to say put more of them. <laughs> Got to have more. 
More and more and more. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, it's got funny stuff. It's it just for some reason I I, I, I didn't have the stakes. I guess watching him. Um. So. Uh, to me, the stakes were so emotional. There was no way not to connect with them. Um, I don't like and, dogs, Ben. What? I don't like dogs. Who cares about the dogs? The dogs mean nothing to the stakes. <laughs> okay. The stakes are about this old man and <laughs> trying to fulfill the fulfillment of the life of adventure that he and his wife. And, and what is he learning about the life he spent with his wife? Yep. That's the stakes. The stakes have nothing to do with the dog. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. It's good. I like okay. the day. Oh, it's number eight. Number eight. Doug. He was so funny. <laughs> He's in Ratatouille, you know. He is? He is. Uh, we can talk that about Easter dog? eggs at the end. Yeah. Oh, it's an Easter egg? Yeah. Okay. That's. I, I thought you actually meant like they had that character in that movie. No. It's an Easter egg. You see him. You hear him. Um, okay. What's next? Toy Story 3, 2010. Do you guys cry? Mm, I don't remember. My eyes were filled. I didn't. I don't know this, if they actually teared over, but they teared up. This, is this a, one it was like a wonderful, wonderfully put together movie. Until you get to the end. And that whole <laughs> thing in that fire pit. Dude. For one, for like, for me watching it, I'm like, this is, how are they going to, I don't know, what's going to happen, what's going to happen? For For a child, (laughs) you want to talk about a spider head, (laughs) or a baby head on a spider body? No, no, this is terrifying. No, for 30 seconds, I'm like, this is how they're ending it. It's going to fade to black. I was like... This is amazing. They are taking the toys through to the end. <laughs> That's what yeah. I thought. I'm like, oh, no. And when I watched it, I, it was with uh, our youngest son. And, and we're watching it, and we get to that point, and he's like, what's going to happen? No, 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 no. I mean, he – this is this is nightmare-inducing. This is like childhood ruining for a child to watch this and then – like, I mean, they put through that emotional roller coaster, and he just we just had to keep reminding him. It's okay. Watch what's going to happen. It's amazing. What's What happens is going to be so cool. It's going to be so cool. And it is. <laughs> yeah. It is so cool. Well, the part where where they're, you know, Woody's still struggling, and then they grab him on the shoulder, and they turn, and they're just like, just hold my hand. And it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just going to face death together. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and we're going to end it like that. I was like, you guys are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> You're evil. <laughs> like, who would think oh, of this? Who man. would take the story to this? So powerful, though. Such a powerful moment. And then in the, another powerful moment at the end where Andy gives away his toys, mm-hmm. especially Woody. Yep. And, yep. man, it connected with people. connected with me. And, and then you had the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a prison break movie. Which you don't like. <laughs> That's great. But what? No, I like Prison Break movies, but not if they're advertised as giant epic war movies. This was advertised as a fun kids toy movie. No, they showed the Prison Break elements in the trailers, Ben. They did in the trailers for War for Planet of the Apes as well. Except they marketed it as a giant war movie. You're Everything you're saying, though, 
I've already made my argument. I yeah. think it stands up. Anyway, with this, <laughs> also terrifying is that baby. Yes. Yes, it is. Now, For a time. I think my children have been warped by that kind of thing because we – you should see some of the toys or rather the toys that were given to them as an actual toy and then what ends up happening to it. Oh, no. So we have one baby that I think is the funniest thing in the world. I don't know what we could ever do with it, but the baby is called Baby Bullhead. Baby Bullhead. And it's just this plastic baby similar to the one here that we're talking about and they just shoved in the top of its head – to make a bull. <laughs> and it's just a baby with a bull in the top of his head. And they – it's so weird and funny and funky. But, yeah, my, my children would be the nice version of Sid. Mm. You know what's funny is – all right, one of my favorite characters in this whole movie is Ken. Mm-hmm. Because he's <laughs> Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. I love, I love, I just love this whole character. It's so funny. Uh, it's yep. good stuff. Yeah. Very good stuff. And, um, Whoopi Goldberg makes a great animated villain. Yeah, this. You got the Lion King. Who's Whoopi Goldberg in this? She's the octopus toy. She's one of the Stretch. thugs. Huh. Yeah. Um, and then you have the, the pink bear. Lots of hugging bear. Lots of hugging. Lots of <laughs> Ned hugging. Beatty, yeah. Have you seen the commercials? Yes, I think so. Like they did an actual – it's um, – for people in my generation, uh, my buddy is the reference for this commercial where it's um, <laughs> it's just the kids playing with lots of loving and or lots of hugging. And, yeah. oh, don't do that, Steve. Don't get it stuck in my head. Bye, buddy. <laughs> Bye, buddy. It anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll stop. So this one's number three. Number three on the list. You know who did the voice of Ken? Michael Keaton. Yeah, that's right. We just talked so about it. Yeah. He's got he's got Batman. He's got uh, um, the, vulture. the the vulture. He's got <laughs> Ken. <laughs> he's got Ray Kroc. He's like it's... the voice of our generation in movies, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, Gung Ho. <laughs> Don't forget Gung Ho and Mr. Mom. Mm. Mr. Mom. That's right. Mr. Mom. All right. Toy Story 3, great, great, great movie. But again, also gets into these parenting things. And that's the one thing that sticks out to me now with Toy Story is that really the relationship between Andy and like Woody and and Buzz and his toys, his toys are relationally like his parents. I mean, they care for him like parents do. You think of the owner of the toys – being the the authority you know that kind of thing but they care for andy and take care of andy and now they're with um this new girl i can't remember her name all i can think of is dora the explorer yeah well i can't (laughs) think of her name but then she what i loved about the two toy story specials that they did is even if we never did get a toy story 4 which apparently we're getting but even if we never did we did get to see her with her toys a little bit and and have her own things happen with the toys and that Bonnie. was really nice and one of those nice elements i liked about those those specials and i like how she has her own unique play style other than andy mm-hmm. you know and she's doing all this other stuff and i like her toys that they brought in like yeah. mr porcupine and, yes uh, <laughs> and the girl dinosaur trixie yeah uh, fun stuff all right what's next uh another one i haven't seen cars, cars two, two. Ah. cars two okay 
2011. Movie, this movie gets so much hate. Like, I was listening to another podcast, which I won't mention the name of, but they hate Cars 2 out of the Cars franchise. Okay. Is this a spy one? Yes. Okay. It's yeah. fantastic. And see, this is where this one is just one I haven't seen. And maybe I should redevelop my tears because I have a tear of I haven't seen this one. Mm-hmm. But I hear everything I hear about it, I think. I might like this movie. This is great. This is a great... I mean, it gets so much flack for like, oh, you're just taking the funny side character and we'll turn them into the main character. Well, yeah, they do that. But the plot that they fashion out of it carries itself. I mean, you've done NASCAR. So we're thinking about what can we do that is also a big thing in the car world besides race cars? Spy cars. I mean, that's a big part of spy movies. Mm-hmm. Let's do... I mean, they got yeah, the gadgets. Yeah. They got all that stuff. And they do that. They bring in... Uh, Michael Caine. They bring in what's his name? The cameo. <laughs> He's from Evil Dead with the chainsaw on his hand. Oh, 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 oh. Um, Bruce Campbell. Yes, he's in here. It's well. Quite... I think I think one of the problems with this was you had Toy Story and Toy Story Two, which built on that. Toy Story Three, which built on that, and then you have Cars, and then Cars Two, which is a real different world than what you got in, in Cars 1. In, in Cars 1, you have, okay, they're cars and NASCAR cars and all that stuff, and they live in towns and stuff like that. But now you have this world-spanning thing, and it's spies, and it's you know uh, cars outfitted with, with James Bond-like stuff, and it almost seemed like a cartoon of a cartoon, you know? And I think <laughs> See, that was the problem I- with it. It's just the fleshing out of the world. I mean, you have in Cars 1, it's all rural. It's on the street. It's in the south. Right. But here it's, we're going international. We're seeing what the rest of the world looks like for these cars. And yes, you're going to have spies because you have countries. <laughs> well, except what I'm hearing is it's just such a different kind of movie. It is. It's totally and, different. And that's tone. where with like franchises – that's a risk. Mm. It's, yeah. it's a risk to say, okay, we've done this movie and now the sequel is going to be a completely different kind of movie. So that's like saying Rocky, great, okay, that's a sports movie. But when we do Rocky 2, it's actually going to be a war movie. Right. You know, And yeah. then we do Rocky 3 and you love the character in that first Rocky because he was, he was lovable and, and naive and, and somewhat innocent even as he's, you know, um, you know, a, a uh, an enforcer for a mob guy, you know. Yeah. Um, but you love that character. But then in the second one, it's actually um, it's actually about Polly, you know, um, Adrian's brother, and yeah. and his experiences in the Vietnam War, you know. It, 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 and so to to switch focus on characters, and then also to switch tone and switch genre almost completely. Yeah. That's that's a little harder to swallow. I guess so. It's, I it's I really sort of like with it. me and. It's, it's sort of like with me and Aliens and Aliens 2, or mm-hmm. Alien and Aliens. You know, Alien, it's a haunted house in space. Mm-hmm. Aliens, it's an a action movie. movie it, yeah. You know, it's it's just something completely different. And, um, you know, some people like Rotten Tomatoes, some people don't like Rotten Tomatoes, but it, Cars 2 is the only Pixar movie in, uh, in from all of them up to Cars 3, up, up to the current one. That scored less than a 68. Okay, all of them scored a 68 and above. Cars 2 scored a 39. 
So all of them are 68 and above, except for Cars 2, which is a 39. So someone out there, you know, it, it, it's not just it's not just a couple of people saying, uh, you know, Cars 2 isn't the greatest movie in the world. Arguably, it's the worst Pixar movie ever made. By popular opinion. Yeah. Yes, I, by popular opinion. I rank so, it higher than the other two Cars movies. So what I find, what, when I actually finally get around to watching Cars and Cars 2 and then Cars 3, I'm wondering, since I'm going into it knowing this tonal shift, is Cars 2 going to be able to stand out as a better movie? Because it sounds like it's more of the kind of movie I would enjoy. I'll go far as to say this. I feel like Cars 2 is a spiritual sequel to The Incredibles. Hmm. Not really, no. Instead of superhero with a spy bent, it's... Cars with a spy bent. (laughs) It's too much goofy comedy, too. It's it's like, you know, he spills his oil and, and it's sort of like he's peeing himself and... You know, he's he tastes the wasabi and and he's running around because his mouth is on fire. Yeah. Yes, they're funny and it's it <laughs> there's it's it's a lot of of like slapstick goofy humor. So you know that's completely different than the Incredibles. The Incredibles, the humor is more you know oh this is an, an old superhero and he's hurt his back, and you know the thing well, stretches him out his, about his back snaps back into into shape and he's able to defeat the thing. You know it's like oh ha 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 that's funny, and now it, we can get on with the action. But in character, it, Incredibles is more of a character drama. Yes, with yeah. funny stuff in it, not a kids comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this all I'm in the action, in the aesthetic, in the, even some some of the style. It's very reminiscent. I think. Anyway, next we go to my favorite Pixar movie from March of 2012, John Carter. <laughs> okay. My favorite Pixar movie of all time. It's not on the Pixar list there, Ben. I know. Why is it not on the Pixar list? It should be. It's on my Why list. Why have you added it to your Pixar list? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why have you added it to your Pixar list? Because it was Andrew well, if- Stanton, and he had a lot of the Pixar team working with him. All right. And if you think about it, I mean, the entire, I mean, it, it's it, all the CGI stuff is CGI and, you know, it's, it's all, it is a very CGI movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's so Pixar with live action people with it. I mean, that's, that's right. pretty much what it is. I do really like John Carter, but yeah. it's not a Pixar movie. Well, let's move to summer of 2012 then. <laughs> Brave. <laughs> Brave. Brave. I'm telling you. Tangled felt like a Pixar movie, and Brave felt like not a Disney CGI movie. <laughs> well, they flipped the Ad- script. Brave Ad- was a Disney CGI movie. Disney. Now that you mentioned it. Brave does seem very Disney. What what CGI movies did Disney do before Tangled? I'm trying to think, but Chicken we- Little. Yes. Meet the Robinsons. Is that before Tangled? <laughs> yes. Yep. Um. But Meet the Robinsons is great. It's super. It's super fantastic. Yeah. Chicken Little is not. <laughs> Chicken <laughs> Little was like, what is ha- what has happened? What's going on? Like, this is terrible. Yeah, but I, I'm, and that's not to say I didn't like Brave. Brave goes in the second tier for me. It's okay. It's it's decent. It's good, but it's there with one other movie. 
so far. I mean, so if I'm ranking these, these are these are number eighteen and seventeen. Brave is number eighteen <laughs> on the list. Yeah. But I like Brave. I did. It has some good moments. Yeah. But it just Yep. <laughs> Not super great. So would you say possibly Yep, that's a movie. Yep. Is that how that is what I would say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I liked Brave a lot. You know, I, yeah, I mean, you're I'm, Scottish. I know. I'm my my lineage is Scottish. So, but I thought that even with that, they did a really good job with it. You know, I thought the characters were were fun. I thought the the storyline was was interesting enough. I know it had magic in it, so you know, Evan maybe not so much. But uh, you know, I I, I thought it was is very well done. Yeah. No, it's in that middle ground for me where it's a well made movie mostly. Yeah. yeah. But it's not the best. Number 18. But number 14 on our list here is from 2013. Okay. Monsters University. So I good. love this so movie. So good. It's wonderful. Um, I, would, no, I would argue. I would argue one of the best prequel movies. Ever. Of, of all time. Yeah. You know, where yeah. you have the original is good and the prequel comes along. And it shouldn't be this good. It shouldn't be. I've got this higher than the first one. <laughs> I love. It's this different movie. though. This yeah. is a. This is also a, a different. The first one is a workplace comedy. Yep. And this one is a college comedy. And coming of age story. Yeah. Finding yeah, I didn't. Place. I I just didn't like it. Maybe it was because I'm so old that I can't, you know, <laughs> get with the, you know, the young whippersnappers in in college. <laughs> But uh, you know, no, for, I, for me, but it, it looked like an interesting attempt at a at a, a prequel, but it didn't it didn't get me. I don't know. I think adding like school is such a relatable thing for pretty much everybody. So it's something that you get, like. It doesn't matter what type of school, mm. just the school environment. So I I feel like that was something that helped. Um, and I don't know, the, just the the world building, the the sets in this movie are are wonderful. The this is this is one movie that I I feel like I could watch again and again and not get tired of. It. The 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 new characters, yep. You know the the, the roommates and and the teammates and the Super antagonists cool. and uh, no, there there's for me not much to not like. Yeah. Um, it was one of those again. It wasn't as bad as well, Toy Story three or uh, Monsters Inc. Where you get to that point, and you're just like, how are they going to get out of this? But at the end of Monsters University, it's like, how are they going to get from here to Monsters Inc.? Like Wait the setbacks, the, the <laughs> setbacks are so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then the credits come along, and it's just, oh wow, that's really neat. Yep. That's really neat. So this is number four for me on my list. Of okay. Pixar movies. Wow. All right. Ready for the next one? I think so. 2015, 15th Pixar movie, mm. Inside Out. I like this one a lot. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, this is so, so good. See, yeah. when I first saw it, I didn't like it as much because I was, I thought it was a little too abstract, the inside of the mm-hmm. the mind. Um, I've, I've grown to enjoy it. Um because I th- have you ever seen Osmosis Jones? No, Missed you it. should. 
Oh my goodness, you guys. Come on. Will Smith? No, Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Yeah. But this is where he's like a cartoon white blood he's cell or something. He's a white blood cell, yeah. and he's, it's a buddy cop movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. It's wonderful. The, the stuff that they do in there is like it's it's a lot more literal. So like the, the stomach is the airport, and the brain is City Hall, and so on and so forth. So this, I was expecting something more literal and oh. less abstract. But I, ever, since watching it again and again, I've grown to appreciate what they've done here. Um, it it does take some explaining yeah. for children, I think. Yeah. I mean, we had to when, – when I say for children, um, well, boy, my son would have been four or five when we first watched this. And just explaining to him, well, these are the things that are in her head, you know, and, and these are like part of her – and we, we ended up in a conversation about the soul, hmm. about, you know, the soul is the part of you that makes you you, you know, and the kind of – controls your body you know but the and we we ended up in this whole conversation of um what these parts of her are cool and i don't think he got it (laughs) but he laughed a lot (laughs) because it's good there's good stuff um and i tear up whenever uh the little whatever that bing bong yeah guys when bing bong came on the scene i was like this is the worst character of all time. And because I'm like, they didn't show him in one single preview, and I know why, because he is super annoying. And then by the end, I'm like, people! Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm like, no. right? I'm like, oh, people come back! <laughs> well yeah. done, Pixar. Yeah. Hey, well done. They did a great job with, with that. And, and again, this is one of those where they, they well crafted, Chekhov's everything. You know, like if they mentioned something, um, the w- one thing, the one element that was just really that really bugged me, and this is as a dad, is um, when she actually gets on the bus mm. to run away. You know, it's just like, oh my goodness, come on! But and the one element that really bugged me is that she didn't get any emotions until she was born. Oh, yeah, I, I saw that. that I was like, be... hmm, hmm, some subtext yeah. there, but. Other than that. Any, anyone who, who has <laughs> anything to do with the, being a father or a mother knows that uh, children have emotions before they're born. <laughs> okay. So Inside Out, that's way up there for me. Yeah, number six for way me. Way up there for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, okay, just some, some more of the stuff. Uh, the emo- you know combining those core emotions and sadness has a purpose uh-huh um deep stuff yeah yeah deep stuff and this is one of those where i wish we could see what they originally intended to make with this well this one because was... the original was supposed to be like a guy who his emotions escape out of him huh. and are in the real world interesting and it's like causing him to have trouble with love life and his job and stuff like that um there's a. If you watch the bonus features, they they had some real trouble figuring out the story for this, and it just took a long, long time to to really hit home. And like we were talking about last time, I mean, they they don't stop till they've got yeah. the story. Well, it's interesting to me that they approach things like that, where it's here's the concept: a girl and the emotions inside of her, you know, and. And honestly, it's not an original concept. No, it's not. It's been done before, 
a number of times, maybe not the greatest. Um, I even did a story about this where it's like the um, the different elements. It was five elements of of someone's soul, you know, that, um, yeah, basically fantasy versions of, of uh, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was at a church and they made this really cool short film called The Board, which they produced and sent out to every mailbox in the county uh, as an outreach. And it's basically a board meeting in your soul. And it's your heart, the mind, the will, the conscience, the emotions. And they're all talking about whether or not to let Jesus in the door. So it's very interesting. Um, you guys can look it up. It's called The Board. Um, but yeah, have you seen the Disney... Uh, Disney Pictures animated short that just came out, like, I can't remember which movie it was attached to, probably Zootopia, where it was, um, they've got the brain and the heart and the lungs and the bladder of this guy, and you can, like, see inside him. No, going no. through all these things. It's very yeah. funny. Very interesting. And they're all, like, influencing him about what to do. Very funny. Nope. The bladder? It, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bladder, because <laughs> P is funny. <laughs> All right, so we're moving to November of 2015 now with The Good Dinosaur. I haven't seen this one. Yep, I that's a movie. I've not seen it. <laughs> that's a movie that I've seen. You know, I like Should dinosaurs. Should I talk about it a little bit? Just well, where does it don't. rank for you? Where does it rank? Let's see. Where was Brave? Number 18? Mm-hmm. Good Dinosaur is number 17. Okay. Wow. Um, this movie is a Western. It's Pixar's only Western. Okay. I'm not a huge Western fan, so that's probably why I didn't like so it very much. nothing from the trailers that I saw suggested to me Western. It is a straight-up Western. How do? You, how so? With dinosaurs. Okay. Uh, this Because farm... what, what it screams to me is almost um, Tarzan or Mowgli. Can I do? Can I do some spoilers? Mm, slight. Let me give you some slight. Because if spoilers. you think I'm going to like this, then yeah, you okay. probably shouldn't spoil it. All for right. Me. Let me give you some. Let me give you a vague plot. You need to give me enough spoilers for me to like it. Right. Yeah. This, so there's a farmer and his. Forget the dinosaurs. There's a farmer and his wife, and they have three kids out in the like Montana, and uh, the kid gets separated from his family, so he has to survive in the wilderness alone. But meets a friendly dog, who he becomes best friends with, and they survive the elements together as they go through the Montana wilderness trying to make it home to the farm. Along the way, they meet colorful characters, cowboys, and more. So what makes it a Western, then? Is it the... All that stuff. The setting? Just because of cowboys? I mean, guys, just just trust me. Just watch it. All right. You can't... I, I don't think you can interpret it another way than it's a Western. <laughs> all right, all right. Because <laughs> so I... I mean, there's... There's certain specifics for me that, that okay yeah I'm real like I I would think you are hard pressed to put this in another genre okay so all right <laughs> um all right so yeah I didn't really enjoy it <laughs> um there's also the I mean they're pushing some evolution stuff in there too so I don't think Steve would like that part either so. no no all right um moving to 2016 then with Finding Dory yeah. It's I okay. still haven't seen all of this one. Yeah, you know, I bits of it. I liked it enough. It, it, it falls in that middle for me. Of I didn't didn't hate it. It's number fifteen. Um, I, I kind of liked it. There's some really funny stuff 
Yeah. In it. Steve, you would like it because it's got a curmudgeon. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's I'm true. staying away from it for any particular reason. I just haven't, you know, had a chance to sit down and watch it. So. Yeah. I mean, it's this one is more like that I would accuse it of. Let's take the funny side character and give it its own movie and and right. they do but it's still got some it's got some unique elements it's got some clever characters my favorite character is the beluga whale <laughs> like, my dad hated that character but I, he just cracks me up every time he opens his mouth yeah <laughs> I can help you with my special gift it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great it, it shifts character f- focus but it doesn't change genres really yes I mean it's still it's kind of we're making family it's family's important and we're going on a journey and we're searching and it could almost you, you could almost say well it's just doing what sequels do where they just repeat the first this but, it, this is the Pixar movie I would say that where they jump the shark well, literally they do <laughs> yes, yes the shark jumped out of the tank mm-hmm. yeah yeah ah! <laughs> okay. <Let's>... <laughs> and finally, as far as released movies go, as of this recording, Cars Three, two thousand seventeen. So yep. this this summer, saw it in the drive-in. Did you? Mm-hmm. How appropriate! It was appropriate. Seeing this, one I did either. not see it. Nope. All right. So this one is. Do they change genres again? They change it back. They course correct, if you will, and. Um, <laughs> It's it like you could want you just skip number two. That's what they did. You just pretend number two never happened. Nothing from number two is referenced or alluded to at all. You could just jump from number one to number three, and this really truly is the sequel to Cars number one because mm. it it's the same genre, same same problems sort of thing. Um, it's I don't want to spoil it though. No, don't don't. But but there's lots of good stuff to say about it. It's still, um, so we're we're back to a racing movie. Yes, we're back to because all the movie. trailers are it's it's Rocky kind yeah, of thing. It, that is basically okay. It's a sport. It's a sports movie. It's a racing movie. It's back to Lightning McQueen in his career and the different challenges that come from getting old. Okay. Cars three. So that is the Pixar library. Yep. So far. And the one thing, you know, they talk about the Pixar method and different things about the Pixar's um, storytelling that they do. They do so right. And a big part of it is just character. It's we have good characters, enjoyable characters, strong actors playing those characters. And then putting them through things that challenge the characters and cause them to build relationships and to strengthen relationships or find new relationships. And it just it's good storytelling. It's good storytelling, and it's storytelling that is relatable to almost anyone. Very true. Upcoming, we have Coco, The Incredibles 2. And Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4. Coco is about a boy who, uh, in Spanish culture, uh, they have the land of the dead, I guess the day of the dead and all that so that's to do with that and he goes and sees his dead ancestors somehow through a magic guitar I don't know how I feel about this one yeah we'll see yeah <laughs> and then the Incredibles 2 they've revealed nothing Shucks. except that it picks up the moment that Incredibles 1 ends interesting no time has passed whatsoever okay 
um, which is very very interesting because with their other sequels like uh, Toy Story three you've skipped ahead in real time almost yeah. yeah Toy Story four is supposed to be a love story between Woody and Bo Peep and he's going to get her back Ah, okay. uh, that sounds like a fun one. <laughs> they can't go into space or anything, or become spies, or any, I don't know something. Finding Bo Peep. <laughs> it's a war. It's a war one. A war <laughs> we can, movie. We can only hope they switch genres. You know how much I love it when they do that. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, when those happen, they'll happen, and we'll do road trips and review episodes and, yep. and whatnot. So, um, uh, Can I give you my official ranking? Yeah, go for All it. All right, from the bottom to the top, number 18, Brave. Number 17, The Good Dinosaur. Number 16, Toy Story 2. Number 15, Finding Dory. Number 14, WALL-E. Number 13, The Bug's Life. Number 12, Cars 3. Number 11, Cars 1. Number 10, Cars 2. Number nine, Toy Story. Number eight, Up. Number seven, Monsters, Inc. Number six, Inside Out. Number five, Finding Nemo. Number four, Monsters University. Number three, Toy Story 3. Number two, The Incredibles. And number one, Ratatouille. As you notice, the top two are directed by Brad Bird. Yeah, I wonder if they're just because it has that name on there. No, it's not. (laughs) I I didn't realize he directed all my favorite movies Uh until afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Whatever. Whatever. It's in denial. He's in denial. Yeah. I mean, I. It's a lot of these movies are legit movies for people to say, this is my favorite movie of all time. It just. It totally fits. Some really, really good ones in here. All right. Well, I think that's. That's it then. Yes. Yes, indeed. I mean, there's more stuff to talk about, but it's late. It is. And we've gone on long enough. And maybe we'll, we'll revisit Pixar again, but. This was our time to go over it. So we've done DreamWorks. Pixar. We've done Pixar. We've done Don Bluth. We've done Don Bluth. You know what we need to do next? Miyazaki. Ooh. I think the, the Miyazaki library would be a good one to, yeah, to do a retrospective. Yeah. And then I mean, need... if we did Don Bluth. Yes, we need to do Miyazaki. <laughs> and then we could do a two-parter maybe on the uh, the Disney classic animated library. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be interesting to, to go through. <laughs> That's a long one. All right. All right. That's that then. We do have a sponsor for this episode. It is dogwings.us. They create graphic art and logos and caricatures and illustrations. They did our podcast art on the front cover. If you need a logo, they definitely specialize in that. And, uh, you know, take a look at their website. They've got some great sports logos on there, custom made for your sports team. So give them a call, dogwings.us. I mean, nobody calls anyone anymore. You would probably email them. But yes. Well, now that's been said. Steve, do you have any final words for us? Do. My buddy and me like to climb up a tree. (laughs) And I just want to say thank you for listening. And Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. 
Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. Planes? Stop! And planes, fire, and rescue. Stop. Also...